Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, the sermon audio from Word of Life Church in Lesseur, Minnesota. Thank you for listening, and may you be blessed by this word of grace for you today. Morning, Word of Life Church. Yeah, good morning. <laughs> I, was talk- I was talking while you started. I was like, I just got to do this. Like, good morning. I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. Let's try it again. Uh. Good morning, Word of Life Church. Good morning. It is a good morning. It is a good morning. We're having a good time. We had a great week. It's true. Uh, we had uh, drive, drive-by appreciation, and we really appreciate everybody who came by to appreciate you. I do. I was, I was very appreciative. That's, I felt very appreciated. I love seeing all of you guys' actual faces. It was really good. It was really good. I got to tell you, it was kind of like a, like a dual-purpose appreciation, because I know we were here to appreciate you and your fam, uh, but I also really felt appreciated as people were on their way in or yeah. on their way out. I was so talking was, with people for awesome. a long time, so you got extra time with people. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was, it was really great. Good. We had a great time. I get it. Not everybody was able to uh, come out. Um, we got to schedule these things uh, as fast as we can, just with all the changes uh, in, in our social distancing and all that jazz. But we're having a great time, and we're really glad to be here to worship with you this morning. So here's some updates you got coming into, into June. Uh, book club, still meeting, <clears throat> meeting through the summers. Still meeting for, for now. We are cruising our way through everybody always, having a great time. Wednesdays at 5.30 on Zoom. If you need any contact info, just let me know or email, uh, email the church office, email Sue. It's wordoflifelbc at wordoflifelbc.org. 
Yep, and then youth groups will be taking a couple weeks breaks. It's going to start back up on, uh, on June 17th is the, is the aim with lots of things shifting with um, Minnesota government and what they're recommending and expecting. And so um, Word of Life is taking some time figuring that out. So take a couple of weeks, you know, youth group, take a couple of weeks, relax, hang out, take a break from Zoom, and uh, enjoy a little, uh, a little Zoom off. Yes, take, some, take a break from Zoom, <laughs> definitely. Then we've got small group with Pat and Cindy. That's on Thursdays at 7 p.m. So uh, if you're interested, they're going through Psalm 119. <coughs> yep, that's still currently through Zoom as well. So if you want to check that out, um, yeah, get some. You can, again, you can talk, contact Sue or if you have a Pat or Cindy's number, you know, let them know if you want to be involved with that. Absolutely. Um, and then finally, there's uh, men's prayer, Saturday mornings. Saturday mornings, and this, uh, this past Saturday, they met, at, uh, they met at the park and on Zoom, so they're kind of doing a, a little bit of social distancing in the park, as well as uh, streaming some stuff on Zoom. If you've got some prayer requests, please just send them uh, to wordoflife at wordoflifelbc.org, and we will forward it to the guys for the, uh, you know, for the men's prayer. We'd appreciate it. And then uh, I just want to let you know, uh, this is my, my last Sunday that I'm, I'm working here at Word of Life. It won't be the last Sunday, at least that I'm planning on. I'll, I'll be back. I have still, like I said, some, some long-term plans winning a Burger Bash. Um, but I thought I'd just update you a little bit and um, tell you what's happening right now as we had a lot of questions as people were driving by. Um, plan on moving to Fergus Falls for seminary by this fall, um, but I have the opportunity to go to Ebenezer Lutheran Brethren Church up in Mayville, North Dakota. They needed somebody to fill at the pulpit for like 10 weeks, and they have a parsonage there for my family to live at during that time, and I get to make some money that way. So like none of that was all planned, but it's, it's great. I get some extra preaching experience. I have a place to live, so that way Mandy and I have an opportunity to take a little bit more time, figure out jobs for the fall, figure out living situation for the fall. Um, so that's it was feeling rough, but it's all been going really, really smooth. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm super excited for you. I yeah. really am. I'm super excited for you. God's just doing, doing cool things. So I'm excited. I've, I've preached like two weeks in a row here at Word of Life, and I'll get to have uh, nine weeks in a row, and hopefully some of the things I've learned here, uh, some of the things I've learned here, I'll definitely be putting into play. Um, and then I'm really grateful. I'm grateful to, to all of you guys at Word of Life, a lot of you parents letting me spend so much time uh, hanging out with your teens, being able to pour into them, uh, teach them about... Simple things kind of uh, like love and respect, which are simple to say and, and a lot harder to, to follow through on. Um, and to not be ex excluding their friends or excluding themselves from things and, and really be focusing on Jesus and how much he, he loves us over and over and over again. Um, Jesus, Jesus didn't skip a week of youth group. He, he showed no. up every time. Yeah, every He's time. There every time. Um, so I'm really grateful for all you parents bringing your kids there and encouraging your kids to come along or dropping them off and, you know, even just not even maybe encouraging them but letting them go as they're, they're going their way. I love spending time with them, being able to teach them in the youth group and 45s, a whole bunch of you, the younger kids that just got to yeah. talk with and hang out with on Sunday mornings. And so many of you uh, adults at Word of Life too, that some that I knew from way, way back 10 years ago when I was last here um, and have got to know over the past three years as well. Uh, I'm, really, I'm really grateful. As I was thinking about you guys, I get to echo these words that, that Paul writes to the Philippians, and they, they seem really true about, about my time here and about this church here, Word of Life and the family. Here's what it says, Philippians 1.3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. 
And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And it's true. If I'm thinking about word of life as I go from here, there's lots of things I'm really grateful for. I'm grateful for time getting to be a disciple under you, Pastor Jay. I'm grateful for lots of time spending in conversation with so many of you, different elders, different people, uh, learning some, teaching some, being able to, to grow and learn and teach others. It's, uh, it's been an honor to, to work here, serve here, and, and love alongside you guys. I'm so grateful that you invited me and, and my family into this collective family, so many of you uh, caring for Mandy and hanging out with Eddie and Vince. Um, I know that we've all felt like we really, really belong, and uh, we've been glad to be part of the Word of Life family, and now we're just aiming for, for this, this church family, church family yeah. extended, as we get to go and share this love that we've learned here and things we've learned here and be able to put into other places. So it's really cool, and I'm really glad that I got to be here, and I'm, I'm very thankful for it. We love you. I love you. And I'm excited that we get to be a part of, of sending you to seminary yes. and supporting you. And so we're going to continue to you know, ask you, to con- as you continue to, to give generously to the church and su- uh, support the church, a portion of what you give is going to uh, help, help send Eric to seminary and help him to prepare uh, for the next stage of ministry as he uh, studies to become a, uh, a pastor. And, and I'm excited. <laughs> we're gonna I'm talk excited. In, we're going like, to talk in That's Greek right. and Hebrew later. That's right. You know, we can just, you know, like hash it all out and yeah. it'll be great. It'll I'm, be I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I'm just excited about what God has been doing and will do in and through you and your family. And uh, God is uh, gifting you and, uh, and has been. He's just been growing those gifts. And I'm just, I'm just super pumped. Thank you for being here. Thanks for serving. We are co-laborers in the gospel. It's a lot of fun to co-labor with you. It is, man. Ready to worship? Oh, yeah. You got that call to worship? Our call to worship is from Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect today as we, uh, as we worship together today, as we sing God's praises, as we look to the Lord, and as we pray the Lord's Prayer together, we're going to dig a little, di- little bit deeper into what is God's will. We pray that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven when we pray the Lord's Prayer. And so um, what is God's will? What are we praying for? And, um, and so as you worship to the Lord today, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord. Worship the Lord together. Amen? Let's go.
kingdom come, your will be done. Uh, as we are digging into the Lord's prayer and as we are uh, praying, actually, okay, let's, let, 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 let's pray the Lord's prayer together. Um, and um, actually, you can find it if you turn in your Bibles. This is all terrible. Hang on. I'm going to start my beginning all over. Good. But that was terrible. <laughs> The Lord's Prayer. I'm happy to be jumping back into the Lord's Prayer with you as we worship today. Uh, the Lord's Prayer can be found in Luke and Matthew. I, we're, we're taking a really close look at Matthew, so if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, 
We're going to start off in verse 9, and that's where Jesus is teaching his followers, his disciples, how to pray. It's in the middle of this big message called the Sermon on the Mount, and we're just kind of jumping right into this section where, where Jesus says, pray like this, and that's exactly where he starts off. So if you have your Bibles, Maybe just uh, grab a, an ESV Bible app on, on your phone or on your iPad, and, uh, or, or some people still have a paper Bible somewhere, and grab one of those. Grab a cup of coffee or maybe a little, little slice of toast or a bagel. Let's worship together, and, um, and we're going to kick off our, our Bible worship time in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, reading in Jesus' name because it's God's word, not mine. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Matthew chapter 6. 9 through 13. And that's where we see Jesus teaching us to pray. We've been just kind of walking our way through the Lord's Prayer. And today, after, after hearing uh, Eric preach last week on Thy Kingdom Come, we get to dig into Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven as we talk to God. And so as we talk to God, we are praying God's promises. As we come before the Lord and we say, your will be done, that's what we're going to ask today. What on earth are we praying when we pray, your will be done? When we pray the Lord's Prayer, when we're praying that we're asking for God's kingdom to come and for God's will to be done, we're praying an eschatological prayer. We are asking God, that's just a big Christian-y word about the, you know, God fulfilling his promises in the end times. It, we're, we're asking God to keep his promises, to fulfill his promises, and to, to save his people and bring us home to heaven to be with him. And in between here and there, the God is doing this work of making his will our will. And so if we look at what, what God's will is, it helpful, it's helpful sometimes to look at our own will. I know what my will is. It's hard sometimes to decide, but I know what my will is. I don't know if I want pizza or, or, or tacos or cheeseburgers or hot dogs more, but I know that I want to eat. I know I don't want to eat broccoli. That I can tell you for sure. And so when we look at what is our will, I, I have to recognize that a big, huge part of my will is my desire to satisfy my appetite. A matter of fact, even when we discuss the fact that I can't decide between tacos and cheeseburgers and pizza and hot dogs, that kind of proves my point. You might say, yeah, but I don't always know what I want. It's kind of like going to the restaurant and you open up the menu and everything looks so good. Oh, that's right. We're having trouble getting to restaurants nowadays. It's okay. We're going we're gonna to be okay. They're going to be reopening and everything's going to be cool, but you're still going to have to open up that menu. And you're going to look through it and you're going to say, I don't know, everything looks so good. I haven't been to a restaurant in months. And yet, I think not knowing what we want is another part of saying there are so many things that could satisfy my appetite. 
that that in itself helps me to understand that I know what I want. I want to satisfy my appetite. I was thinking about um, I was thinking about my mom this week, and she tells this story about me. She still tells the story about me. It's it's not embarrassing anymore, uh, so I've kind of gotten over it, and I am able to. I called my mom to, uh, today just to double check with her. I wanted to hear her tell the story to me so that I made sure that I got it all right. I, I, was a, I was a little boy and I was running into the house on a hot summer day in Jersey and, and I came into the house and I, and I ran up to my mom and I said, I'm so thirsty. I, I'm thirsty. I need a drink. And my mom answered the way she normally does. Why don't you grab a cup of water? No! I'm not thirsty for water. I'm, sorry, I'm thirsty for juice. Oh, I need juice. I don't know who likes imitating me more, the older me or my mom. When my mom tells the story, people are just dying in laughter. You see, it points out this fact. I, even as a young boy, knew what I wanted. I wanted juice. I didn't want any water. We can get that from the tap out back, drink from the hose. We used to do it all the time. It kind of illustrates what we were talking about um, just the other night with my family. We had just had a nice, nice meal, and, and we were discussing the fact that even after having a nice meal, we still had room for ice cream. Uh, some of us were talking about, you know, the fact that some people in my family might have like actually two stomachs, like a regular stomach and an ice cream stomach, and, and that there is always room in the ice cream stomach. And so as we were, you know, talking about this, I was, I was thinking, you know, like someone at our table in our family, I won't name any names, she knows who she is, um, even after sitting down at dinner and she could only finish half a cheeseburger because she was full, she still had room for, for ice cream because, you know, there's room in her ice cream stomach. And I get it because I ate my whole cheeseburger, but I still made room for ice cream. And so there's this sense in which we, we know what we want. We want our, our appetite to be satisfied. And so we have to admit at some point in time that some of the stuff that we want is good, But more often than not, the things that I want are the things that benefit me, the things that are good for me, and, and what's best for me. So when we're praying to the Lord, and we're asking that His will be done, what is God's will? And, you know, what is God's will for my life? And what are we asking when we ask God, your will be done? Because if we don't know what God's will is, that seems like a pretty risky prayer to pray, your will be done. I know what I want, but what happens if God wants something different than I want? Well, as we think about God's will, it, it's easier to figure it out than maybe we think it is. John chapter 6 in verse 40 says, let's see. For this is the will of my Father. Want to know what God's will is? This is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life. And I will raise Him up on the last day. 
Do you want to know what God's will is? God's will is that everyone would look at Jesus and believe in him. I, I, I get these questions of what's God's will a lot, especially around this time of year. Uh, last, you know, last week we celebrated and, and there was kids graduating from high school and, and, and I'm seeing some great pictures of, of kids all over the country graduating from high school and they're celebrating it in different ways because of some of the limitations that are happening right now. But one thing in common that I find with a lot of graduates, a lot of people who are, are are looking at change coming in their future is they're asking, especially if they're a believer in God, what's God's will? Well, the first part of God's will that's outlined in John chapter 6 is that God's desire, God's will for each and every one of us, not just me, not just you, each and every one of us, is that we look at Jesus. And that when we look at Jesus, we believe in him. And he doesn't stop there. You see, God's will is not only that we would believe in him, but God wants to give us eternal life. Yeah, check that out. Is that as we are believing in him, we are also brought into a life of repentance and, and then given the gift of eternal life. God wants to spend eternity with us. And so God's will is that everybody who looks at Jesus would believe in him. God's will is that we not live in sin. Yeah, I'm going to talk about sin. Let's take a look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. In verse 3, it says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Sanctification is a, is a big, you know, kind of Christian-y word that, um, that really just is talking about the process in which God is making us holy. Okay, there are three parts to, um, to salvation. Uh, justification, when God justifies us or he looks at us just as if I'd never sinned. Okay, that's the part in which our relationship is restored with God by grace through faith. Sanctification is the process in which God is making his, those who are justified holy that he's removing sin from us, that he's giving us righteousness, and that is this sanctification, making us holy. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, my sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. I don't need to explain what that is. That each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and in honor not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles. Remember, we're talking about Gentiles who uh, are, are non-Jews, who, uh, who do not believe in God, who are not trusting in Jesus, so we're calling them like unbelievers, okay? So not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. That no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, not me, not any man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. God's desire, God's will, and when we're praying, your will be done, 
the second part of God's will, the first part was, remember, look at Jesus and believe in him and receive eternal life. The second part of God's will is that we, that we not live in sin. God's will is our sanctification. God's will is that we would be made holy, that we would submit ourselves to him, kind of like what we were talking about in our call to worship, that we'd offer our bodies to him as, as living sacrifices and just say, we are yours and, and that we wouldn't live a life that is controlled by sin, but a life that is dominated by the Holy Spirit, making us holy and leading us into a new life. And that's why we talked also in the call to worship about being transformed, that we're being transformed from a, a sinful life into a sanctified life, from a life that just leads after our own desires to a life that is living in, in God's desires in sanctification for us. And so that's the second part of God's will, is God's will is, uh, is that we would, you know, is that we would not be living in sin. This, the third part of God's will is, is actually really something that we talk about all the time. You can find it in John 13 if you want to look it up, that we know that we're living in God's will when we are loving God and we're loving our neighbors. And God, you know, John 13 talks about, you know, uh, they will know you are uh, my followers um, by, your, by your love for one another. And so when we talk about loving, loving God and loving one another, loving God and loving our neighbors, that, that that is part of how we know that we are living in God's will, is that we are loving our neighbors. And I think one of my absolute favorite places to, to think about this as I'm thinking about God's will and salvation for everyone who believes, is, is that Jesus himself prayed this prayer too. Yeah. So not only is Jesus teaching us this prayer in the beginning of his ministry, but even at the end of his ministry, right before he's arrested, about to be crucified, it's recorded in Luke 22. Let's check it out. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him that day. that Thursday night before he was arrested. After celebrating his friends, after dropping the bomb on them that, some, that one of them was going to betray him, after indeed Judas did betray him, he's out in the Mount of Olives praying. He takes his disciples and after singing a hymn and singing some songs, they go out to the Mount of Olives and, and, and they're praying. Well, Jesus is praying. The rest of the disciples, they're all, you know, they're all falling asleep. He goes and wakes them up multiple times, but every single time Jesus goes back to pray. And as he's praying, he prays, if it's at all possible, Lord, He's praying to his heavenly Father, same one that we pray to. If it's at all possible, let this cup pass from me. Jesus knows. Jesus knows the suffering that awaits him. 
Jesus knows the physical suffering, the suffering that's going to come from being, from being arrested, from being beaten, from being dragged into a false court and falsely tried. He knows the physical pain that's going to happen from beatings, floggings, scourging, the whipping, from carrying the cross to being nailed to that cross to die. Jesus knows the agony of being laughed at and mocked and rejected. He knows the agony of being rejected by one of his best friends, Judas, who betrays him with a kiss. He knows the agony of false witnesses coming and falsely accusing him because they couldn't find any wrong that he actually did. The very same people that he came to live and die for, to save, are the very people who are rejecting him, lying about him, and crying out, crucify him, crucify him! The guards mock him, and laugh at him. The people reject him. They mock him all the way until his dying breath, making fun of him, laughing at him, spitting on him. Jesus knows the pain, but not just the rejection of the people. He knows that his heavenly father will have to turn his back on him too for the very first time in all of existence. As Jesus Christ takes upon himself the sins of humanity, the Father turns away and Jesus cries out, Why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knows. Jesus knows all of the physical pain, all the spiritual pain, all the emotional pain that is coming. And so he prays, Lord, Father, if there is any way, if there's any other way, may this cup pass for me. If there's any other way to do this whole salvation thing, Father, please. And then he prays. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. And he submits to the Father's will. Your will be done. Ever feel like God's not listening? Ever feel like God's not hearing your prayer? You feel like you're praying this prayer. Maybe you even feel like it's a really right prayer. Like this is a right thing to want. That is a right thing to pray for. It's a right thing to ask God for. And you pray it and you pray it and you pray it over and over and over again, hoping upon hoping that God will hear your prayer and that will, he will answer yes to your prayer. I know multiple people who are Tempted to turn away from God, to stop believing in God because they didn't get what they prayed for. 
It's hard. But I want you to know that God the Father didn't say yes to Jesus every time either. That even as Jesus knew he was going into a painful situation, God the Father didn't say, oh, right, 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 let's change this whole plan of salvation thing. We'll just pick you up so that you don't have to go through all that suffering and we'll just let humanity just... No, he didn't. Jesus prayed to the Father if there was another way. If there was a way to avoid all the pain, if there was a way to avoid all the rejection, the suffering, the death. And God the Father said no. And he let his son suffer for us. I get it. Suffering is hard. And I have no idea what everybody is suffering through right now. I know that people are hurting. If you're hurting, please, you do not have to do it alone. We're in this together. Please reach out. Please shoot me an email. Shoot me a text. Give me a call. Pastor Jason Lang at Mac.com. Just shoot me an email. And let's talk. No matter what you're suffering through, you do not have to go through it alone. And I know. It's hard. But that doesn't mean that God's not listening. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. He does. He loves each and every one of us. When you're praying and you're not getting what you want, please know that God loves you. God hears you. He's giving you the faith to believe and the grace of forgiveness. Maybe even right now, as you think back on praying, your will be done. Are you seeing Jesus and are you believing? You're in God's will. Are you you living in sin or is there a sin going on in your life that you need to confess? Because God, while God's will is not that you live in sin, God knows that we will. And so he has provided a way. And if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us, wash us clean from all unrighteousness. God wants to forgive us. And so if, you're, if you've got some sin going on, if you're thinking thoughts that are not God's thoughts, if you are saying things that are not the God, things that God wants you to say, if you are doing things that are not the things that God wants you to do, confess those sins to the Lord, and he will forgive you. You know that you're living in God's will as you're confessing your sin and receiving forgiveness. And keep praying. Keep trusting in him and believing in him. I often end my personal prayers 
with in this about the same way, a way that is inspired by Jesus in that prayer in which he said, if there's any possible way, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And I often will close my prayers with this simple prayer. Lord, make your will my will. Help me to want what you want. Just asking God to transform our will and our desires to the will and the desires that he wants for us. Let's pray together. Lord God and Heavenly Father, you are holy. You are awesome. You are high and lifted up. And, and, and Lord, we confess that some of the things that we want, our will, is not right. It's really, we're all a bunch of selfish little sinners, Lord. Help us to want what you want. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Not of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time. No point of reference, who spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of
I love that song. I love singing that song. As we're praying for God's will, we're not just praying for God's will on earth for all of humanity. We are praying for God's will in our life. And so when we sing, so will I, that is a great song to respond to asking God for his will to be done in our lives. Uh, as, we, as we're thinking about God's will, We're living in God's will when we're not singing, sinning. We're living in God's will when we are believing in him. We are living in God's will when we're loving God. God already loves us. We don't need to do anything or not do anything for God to love us. God has already loved us. God's love is given to us as a gift. It's grace. His relationship with us is made possible because of what Christ has done for us, not because of what we have done for him. We see this benediction. The benediction is found in Hebrews. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. God's peace.